This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we We have a super multicultural community. And we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, (laughs) Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Hey, it's Elizabeth and Alex. Welcome to this week's episode of the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. So this week we are having a conversation with the incredible Mia Wright Ross. And she's incredible because she is the creative director and the founder of MWR Collection, which is a luxury lifestyle artisan brand handcrafted in New York City. And not only that, but she's going to take us on her journey of just all the incredible jobs that she's had as a designer, as a creator, as a teacher, and come to find out, like when we first started interviewing her, I was excited because I knew her as this incredible designer, thinking that she had all of these other jobs and then started her own collection. Bitch, come to find out she's been doing both at the same time. The whole time. Also, mind you, you'll hear this whole story and assume she's like 50 years old because she's accomplished so much, but she's only like 31, I think. She's like, exactly. I think she's 32. She's so... I can't believe she's accomplished so much. Guys, she started her career, even pre-college, she was designing dresses in high school. She went to Parsons. From Parsons, she met her mentor, this incredible shoe designer, one of her teachers who really kind of introduced her to the shoe world, got her her first, helped to get her her first internship. From there, she worked for Calvin Klein. She worked for Tibby. She worked for Philip Lim. She worked for Saks Fifth Avenue. She's been all over the globe and back and just happens to also make this incredible collection. And we didn't even mention that she's also a resident at the Museum of Art and Design. Museum of Art and Design. Yeah. She a fucking baddie. She's fucking awesome. 
So I don't know. I don't even think I can gush anymore. Okay, no, the last guess her story. Also, yeah. I just love her relationship with her teacher at Parsons and how they still have a relationship today. Yes. It's awesome. A hundred percent. And then okay, so before we let you go and listen to this incredible interview, I just want to mention that her client list currently includes J. Cole, Solange, Robert Glasper, Carmel Anthony, Jimmy Butler. Like those are her private clients that she custom makes beautiful leather goods for. She's fucking dope, guys. So without further ado, please enjoy your interview with Mia Wright Ross. Enjoy. My name is Mia Wright Ross, and I am the founder and creative director of MWR Collection, which is a luxury house that specializes in leather goods, including footwear, accessories, home goods, furniture, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, so many cool things, so many beautiful beautiful pieces thank you yeah absolutely and you look so young i'm like how have you i am i'm 31 now you look even younger (laughs) i'm not i'm not thank you i'm a bit skin obsessed yes okay so can you tell us a little bit about like what your childhood was like where you grew up and take us from like young mia who was young Mia? So I'm actually born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Eight oh four. Always be a Virginian. I still have my ID, even though I've lived in New York for now twelve, thirteen years. Yeah, yes, thirteen years. So yeah, born and raised there. Originally started. I've been in the art space, the art and crafting space. Uh, I would say, yeah, as an infant. Um, my cousin Jeff, he's the person that taught me how to draw um, at the age of six, seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of started the ball rolling when it came to art and design and um, piquing my interest. Because my mom had me in everything. Like, was doing modeling, was playing the piano. She tried to get me to play the flute. And, I played like, the flute. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, just throwing things. Like, yeah, I love that. She's like, you're going to be good at something. Just, like, let's figure it out. Exactly. Like, just, just keep it going. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. So um, it also happened that I enjoyed that stuff. But um, when my cousin Jeff kind of took me under his wing, I really delved into my artistic practice. So that started from a young age. And then from there, my mom just kept enrolling me into art programs. Mm-hmm. My first art class, I would say, was probably middle school and my elementary school. And then I, when I graduated middle school, I like applied to a arts high school called Center for the Arts um, based in Herico County. In Richmond. And that is where the kind of design element started coming about. I had always been in, in elementary school, like, sketching full outfits. Like, so even if you, like, talk to people that knew back then, they were like, you've always been drawing clothes or, like, purses and bags. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's been, like, young, young. Yeah. <laughs> what made you, like, at that age, do you think, interested in fashion? Did, was your mom, like, very stylish or, like... My grandma and my mom. And my great grandma. All the women in my family are quite stylish. We <laughs> grandma, she said. Yeah, <laughs> my great grandma. Yeah, yeah, my great grandma like 
has a had a collection of hats that she would go and uh, go to the milliner in town and get them made. Wow, that's fancy. Because it's very it's very traditional Southern Black church, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the hat, the matches the shoe, the matches the shoes, and you yeah. have the right, yeah, like you right have the right leggings and the right slip under. You know, it's also wow. so old school. Like I appreciate it so much. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not going to go to the store and get a hat. I'm going to get one made for me. Yeah, it fits I- me well and looks really good on me. Yeah, and that's kind of where all of that started being cultivated. So hearing the stories of my great grandma dressing like that, and also seeing her as her style evolved over time. Um, my grandma, everybody knows her for her style and um, for her philanthropy. And then my mom as well is just as stylish. So, through, and well, my mom introduced me to luxury, honestly. She's the person who introduced me to um, leather crafting from like buying coach bags because she used to collect coach when it was like the original raw online. Mm-hmm. So the, the the kaleidoscope of inspiration from those women in my family kind of mm-hmm. strung me along until my cousin Jeff was like, and you can draw. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's, and my, the way my brain took it was like, okay, so now we're just going to start making things. Yeah. How old was your cousin? He was, when Jeff, I think he was in his early 20s. Uh, yeah, he was in his early 20s because the following year after he had started teaching me to draw, he passed away. Oh. So he passed away in 1997. Mm-hmm. So that then kind of in, in the practice of having him, him having given me that gift, I then in turn gave back in his legacy and then made it my entire career, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. At such a young age, you knew that, like, he meant that much to you that you knew that you wanted to dedicate your life to the crafts that he taught you? In a yeah, certain I way, mean, or is that something you thought later in life, do you think? Yeah, I feel like it was more so just in maybe not having all that forethought, but definitely it helped with the grieving process. Yeah. And I think as a child, I I could hold close to that. Yeah. And that the in in realizing how much joy the memory brought me, it also made me connect to the process mm-hmm. um, even more. And then that is what kind of felt like I was like, oh wait, yes, even if I'm going through things, I can use art and I can use design to kind of create a new world or solve problems or just look at things in a different perspective. Yeah. So then where did that take you through high school? Like what where did art take you and design and, and your creativity? So graduated middle school, applied to the high school, which was Center for the Arts. Um, and I was doing all different types of art. So this is my first intro intro to mixed media, sculpture, um, graphic design, like all different types of things and I was really into mixed media art for some reason just because I like the abstract yeah I enjoyed the abstract and from there I realized my the inspiration from wanting to do design and yeah wanting to to build clothes and design that became even more of prevalent in my practice mm. so even though the school that I was working with had no design background like they only were fine arts focused okay my my junior year, I think it was going into my junior year, I had a project, like a summer project, and um, I went into my great-grandmother's house. You know how everybody's great-grandmother has, like, a linen closet that's just just a shit ton of 
like old sheets. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she's not using that she's like low key collecting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can totally pick. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's not that many beds in this house for you to have this many sheets. Right. Uh, <laughs> 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 but. Um, so I went into her linen closet and I just took out some some of the sheets. I was like, Grandma, you're not using these, right? Like, whatever. She's like, whatever you're going to do. So I took it and created, like, a mixed media splash, like, splatter paint art piece with it. But then I took it and I draped it on a mannequin okay. to make a dress. And that was the first time I had ever, like, draped. And first time I had ever really made a dress. Yeah, how did you know what to do? <laughs> to the listener like, she's shrugging it. her shoulders exactly it became I, I think the way the way that I remember approaching it especially at that time because I didn't have any formal training in like sewing and stuff um was that I addressed it in the same way that I did sculpture mm. so I had been making like little sculptures in class so I was like all right so let's just try to do that with fabric wow wow like, holy so, shit. Yeah, so cool. <laughs> yeah, my brain does not work like right, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always like, just, okay, that's a dot. Okay, let's just make another dot. <laughs> yeah, so did you, okay, and I can't wait to hear the answer, but I'm imagining you kind of, did you use, like, a needle and thread, or did you just use, like, something to make it hard and then, like, mold a dress like no. that? No, you, like, made an actual dress. Needle and thread. Yeah. And that was the one part of sewing that I knew was necessary. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that part. Okay. <laughs> um, and I had, like, right before that, because, again, being from Richmond, Virginia, the only access to, like, art supplies we had at the time were, like, Walmart and Michael's and Joann's. Mm-hmm. We went to those places, but found some needle and thread, and finally got, my mom bought me, like, an $80 sewing machine from Walmart mm-hmm. and some Vogue patterns. And... Oh, nice. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh my god, your mom really supported you. Oh, for so sure. Much, like with anything. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, my mom is crazy too. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> anything anything that is out of the box, she's always down for. It. She's anything that's like making if it's anything that seems normal, mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, well, you know, who else is doing it? Is somebody else doing it?" Oh, I'm I love like that. She's like, mm, all right, well, do you need to do it if they're doing it? Yeah. Um, so she's uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. My mama is the person that was putting me in, like, a memory is, uh, like, Easter Sunday. She wanted me to wear, like, a dress suit with a instead of, like, an Easter Sunday dress. Because yeah. she was like, oh, this is a different style for a little girl. Yes. <laughs> wow. I need to see a picture of this dress yeah. suit. <laughs> I hope she does. I hope she still has a picture of that. I, rem- I specifically remember it. But, oh, actually, no, she doesn't. Because I refuse. I'm like, no, I'm like, I was like, no, like, no, because I didn't understand. Like, yes. you know, when you're that age, you just want to like, fit in. I have to get picked on. Yes, yes. And your I mom's like, you fabulous you're yourself let's do this that's so great i love that realizing now it's a full part of my style totally wear pink dresses i mean pink suits head to toe suits with like uh four inch heels but it's like (laughs) totally um (laughs) 
Uh, oh, so how did the dress come out? Uh, the dress, it actually was impactful. So after I had did those, like, both patterns, kind of figured out that pattern making was just basically like doing a puzzle anyway. Mm-hmm. And went back, started draping for the first time. And that was my summer project. So I showed up to class. And my teacher, I was like, yeah, I want to do fashion. Um, I think that's where I want to take like my career and Mary Sherlock is her name she still teaches at the school and she she was like I know nothing about design (laughs) (laughs) um she was like but okay right so she with her and um Miss Hanshi she was the head of the department um of the whole program actually they kind of just let me do what I wanted to do within the realms of uh, art, right? Yeah. Um, so we were still doing oil painting. We were still doing black and white sketches and all of that stuff. But my final thesis collection for high school ended up being a collection of gowns that I made out of telephone cords. What? <laughs> what? Wait, how many gowns? Holy shit. I didn't see these. I think I do have pictures. Yes. So it was, they were all out of found objects. So I think it was like maybe four gowns. Wow. gowns. Wow. Um, and they were exhibited in a gallery. And this sounds crazy to talk about from so long ago. <laughs> this was back in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the, the, I was about four or five gowns and sketches included of like, the development process. What what I didn't know is now called the de- development process. Right. I just love that everybody in your life so far like has nurtured your creativity. Big and time. even if they didn't really know how to, they're just like, I don't know how to do that, but let's figure it out together. That's so great. Yeah. For sure. The com- yeah. My community is amazing. These mm-hmm. teachers sound awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My teachers and also, my mom was not going to let nobody tell me that. I <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. So, you like, even in high school, they tried to put me in, like, different classes. And she was like, no, she's going to be in an honors class. <laughs> and, like, and the thing about her as well, she still doesn't now, is she doesn't go and do it. Like, she will be like, you have to go and tell them that you want this because of X, Y, and Z. You can't, I can't always come in as your mom and be like, my daughter deserves to be in. She's like, you have to fight for it so they know that you're passionate. Yeah. Um, so in turn, that's how my community started interacting. Things that ended up working for me or that I found pleasure and joy in mm-hmm. through my artistic practice. I was like, all right, I want to enroll in this. All right, I want to enroll in this. They're like, okay, cool. How much it costs? All right, we can afford it. We can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. Let's call somebody, you know? Yeah. So yeah, definitely, even to this day, very, very supportive. And that's a great life lesson is if you ask for what you want in life. Yeah. If not demand no. it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and making making yourself available for whatever could come. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be the exact answer that you're looking for, but it might be a variation of, mm-hmm. um, or it may be the first step to the thing that you are trying to get to. Yeah. It don't have to be the whole thing, True. you know. Totally, that's so great. So, what what was next for you after your senior thesis? Yeah, so I graduated high school, got an award from the program, all this stuff. Had applied to Parsons, 
got in. I've never been to New York City ever in my life. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I came for, like, you know, like, the visit, like, the tour of the school. Like, maybe when I got accepted, I came for the tour, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, my family was very afraid of me coming to New York. (laughs) (laughs) As as, As most family members are when anybody says they're coming here. Yeah. And my mom was like, well... You can go to Atlanta. There's nothing's wrong with Savannah. And they had given me, like, a full ride and all this other stuff. And she was like, "Um, but... And Parsons had had not given me heaven. (laughs) Now I know I should have negotiated with that. Yeah. (laughs) Should have negotiated with that, but, you know, hindsight. And when I came, she was like, well, or you can go to New York now. Because you're even if you go to Savannah, you're going to have to go to New York. You want to be in fashion, like... At the end of the day, you're going to have to be here. And Parsons is one of the best places. Right. So came here, went to school from 2007 to 2011. I graduated in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing teachers. So when I was there my sophomore, junior year, I took a class in footwear with the Howard Davis. He is a footwear... I would say inventor. Yeah, he is my mentor. So he is now, he retired now, but he's 88 years old. We still together. And he's the person that taught me how to make shoes, um, how to work with leather. Um, So taking his class kind of, again, opened that kind of sensory pleasure that my mom had opened was like involving coach and going into the stores and understanding like, what it meant to clean leather, what it meant to get things repaired. The same, same with my great-grandmother, like going to the milliner to get her hats done or getting our furniture made from a local supplier that, like, carved from wood, things like that. Like, being able to articulate that now in a real design process through, like, teaching really kind of, like, just took me out of the world. Yeah. <laughs> Mind-blown moment. Yeah, yeah, it just connected. I was like, oh, wait, I can do this for a living? Like, I don't have to be a fashion designer. I can be a footwear designer. I can be an accessories designer. I can specify my, I can have a specialty, you know. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in 2011 from Parsons. And when it was interesting, because I took classes with him, and while I was taking classes with Howard, he had a lot of connections with people in the industry. Um, and one time he had someone, HR person from Calvin Klein, come in and he was just talking. They were just talking. And I would go into his class in between classes because he was the only person that had uh, leather sewing machines. Mm-hmm. Um, so went in there and the, he's speaking to the lady. I'm not paying him any attention. He's like, this is my, one of my best students. Like, she's amazing. Have you seen? I'm like, of course you have to see my shoe because you're the only person that has Because <laughs> he would keep our shoes and then we would have one. So he has a half pair and we have a half pair. Oh, that's and, already pretty old then. Because that's like... Yeah. Oh, there. Yeah. He yeah. Has, he's been fully seasoned, worked for so many different people. He also had patents in his name like had been oh, wow damn yeah he's designed shoes from um michael jackson he what for, yeah <laughs> that's so guys cool <laughs> i mean you could have said anybody else but michael jackson is like he's like, somebody's known fuck. for his shoes yeah. like, <laughs> he, has he has a letter 
in the picture of the shoes in his home because he has his portfolio of a letter from Michael's estate saying thank you for making the shoes on I can't remember which tour it was but he wow. made shoes for Michael Jackson um, That's incredible yeah um, yeah. So, so can I ask, what is it about shoemaking and leather work that like really drew you in? Like, I love, girl, I love shoes. I think I told you this the first really time I met you. <laughs> I love a shoe. <laughs> and it wasn't until like I started buying well-made shoes that I understood <laughs> the craftsmanship that goes into like, and also in New York, we walk all the time. So I know the difference between a shit shoe yeah. and a good shoe. And I'm curious as a maker, what made you drawn into that process? Because it seems yeah. like what you're doing is really a, like an artisanship craftsmanship, <laughs> not just like you know, uh, working for Aldo or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So shoemaking, I will really say my origin in falling in love with shoemaking was that it felt more product design driven than just fashion, mm. right? There's a lot more what feels like, and you, I mean, another designer may, or ready to wear designers may beg to differ, but it feels more mathematic and more physics is involved. Like it feels more scientific in its process. And also the fact that it is completely solving a problem, right? Mm. Your, the level of intentionality around not just the design aesthetics. Yes, that is beautiful. That is great about shoe design and like that you can have pretty shoes. But to be a good shoe designer, which is, this is the stuff I learned from Howard, was to be articulate about the person that you're making the shoe for, like the body, the body in which you're making the shoe, mm-hmm. right? And the way that weight is distributed and the way that their body evolves throughout the day versus mm-hmm. even throughout their life, you know? Yeah things you think about when you're making um, clothing, but clothing changes more trend-wise than it does when it comes to, like, the fundamentals, right? Mm. Um, Of, like, heel shape, construction shape, the foams that we use in shoes, like, all of that stuff is what me nerd out when, because you can see the intricate uh, level of layers inside the product. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate linings. No, it makes perfect sense. Like, again, as somebody who's bought a lot of shoes, like, I'm just realizing, like, Stuart Weissman, it's just the shoe that works for my foot. It's a well-made... To me, it's obvious that somebody thought about this shoe, thought about all the things that you're saying right now, and as you're saying it to me, it's like, yeah, that's why this is a great shoe, and these other shoes that I bought that are really pretty... But, like, hurt like shit, fall apart, you can't walk in them, whatever. Nobody thought this very much through. Exactly. <laughs> the same way, like, right. this other yeah. designer. Uh, well, Stuart Weissman specifically, he has a studio in Long Island City, I believe. Uh, I'll go oh, over yeah, there. Yeah, they all do. Steve Madden, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Steve Madden is who I'm thinking of. Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, they all do. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, yeah, so Steve Madden has a huge place. <laughs> he bought that shit years ago. He's smart. Yeah, he is very – he's – Business-wise, he's completely... I like... Okay. I know. Weird <laughs> tangent, but, like, I'm a Jew from Long Island, so, like... And he's also from Long Island, and he worked yes. at two stores there that, like, I went to as a teenager. Uh. So, like, I when I listened to his episode of How I Built This, I was like, oh, he's kind of a dick, but, like, I kind of like his story. Exactly! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he runs his business exactly like that. Yeah. At least from what I hear. But I yes. can imagine. <laughs> like, but yeah, like Stuart Weitzman, they're known for that. Like mm-hmm. they're known for that thoughtfulness and 
awareness around having a, instead of the knee-high boob being a zip all the way up, that it's stretched so that it fits different half with for different types of women, right? Right. So those are things that um, you've realized are pivotal in the engineering of mm-hmm. In the, in the longevity of a brand and a product. Because mm-hmm. they've been around forever. Forever, right, right. Making good products for a very long time. Yeah, yes. So, okay. That's how so, I feel about Tevas. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so That's how a lot of people feel about Tevas. <laughs> You're so fucking ugly. That's why they last. That's why, we, that's why you know it just from the name. I know. I, I don't mind forever, and they're just so comfortable. I don't look at her shoes in case you can't tell. When we're working, I don't, I'm like, Alex, I don't want to see your shoes. I don't want to see them. <laughs> okay, so you're in the studio. Calvin Klein's there. And, yes. and Howard is talking about you. And you're like, Howard, they don't know me. Yes. Not yet. Yes, exactly. I'm like, Howard, they don't know me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know them either. So right. Um, and it so happened that the woman took what his, she listened to him. And um, I, that when I graduated from Parsons, I started getting, I was like nominated for designer of the year. Wow. Um, our, my parts of my collection were in Saks Fifth Avenue. Wow. Um, Damn. Yeah, it was a lot going on. Yeah, um, incredible. <laughs> you were so young. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and it was a great time to be at Parsons too. The teachers were phenomenal. The people that were like bringing us into the world of fashion were, presently working in it and also knew it on different levels not just from a commercial perspective but also from an artisanal perspective so max wilson and um, caroline simonelli were my senior thesis professors and they like mama and papa they were like so hard on us but it was worth it because it made us realize that we had to design what we believed in and not just Mm -hmm. A beautiful, like, oh, it's pretty aesthetic. Yes. So, Calvin Klein, I, I, all of this stuff happens, and the woman follows, is basically following me or just keeping track of me because at the time we only had Facebook and nobody was using it to keep dibs on me. Right. <laughs> yeah, so she had just kept track on me. I was also in the senior year um, runway show because they always had a runway show. And she went to that. Mind you, she's doing all of this. I don't know nothing. And then I just received an email one day. And she's like, hi. I guess she got my information from Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's like, hi. Just so you know, hey, we're looking for, I work for Gemlar. We um, own these. We license these companies. We own these companies. um, And we're looking for some interns. So I was like, okay, sure. She's like, I remember you from Howard's class. Takes me in, I get the internship right out of school. Like, I think I graduated in June, and yeah, May, June, and I was, I gave myself a month break, and then I started work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, boom, boom, boom. I love that this woman followed you also. Yeah, it's like shit. an offered internship? Offered an internship. It was a paid wow. internship. It, no, it must have been a big internship if they're, if she's following a student around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought like. I'm weirded out, but I'm not. I'm grateful. Right, you know? right. I'm definitely grateful, but it's a little weird. Well, no, she saw something special, obviously, yeah, and was like, I, like she's looking for Neo, right? She's looking for the one, and she's like, I think yeah, she might exactly. be the one. <laughs> and it was great. It was great. I was so happy to 
that she did. Um, so I worked for a company called Gymlar, and they owned, they were a family-owned uh, shoe company, well, manufacturers. So they also licensed, and they had private label. They had a whole bunch of different brands. So they made fry boots. They had uh, Calvin Klein. They were responsible for the full Calvin Klein shoe label. And they also had, they had Coach, honestly. Mm. They had Coach. They had a bunch of different things, like yeah, exactly. It must have been a crazy full circle. Exactly. Yeah, they had them at the time. They did all of the at the time. They were doing these big um, when Target was doing the collaboration with designers. They were doing oh yeah, those things. Yeah, Jessica Simpson, like so many random people that wanted shoe brands. Right. They held the license. For them. <laughs> so interesting how that works. Yeah. yeah, so I, w- I went in. Um, actually, the internship ended up being with a Col- the Coles team. So mm-hmm. they kind of like messed me up there. I was like, I thought I was coming in, coming in on Calvin. I started working on the Coles team. I was like, it's fine. Um, I'll start there. But what I did do was work my ass off. Yeah. Because so, we all were in the same office. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Calvin Klein team sat like maybe a few desks away from us. So we were all working in the same spaces, having some like not similar meetings, but we're on the same schedule. So then when um, when they came time for the internship to end, I was like, oh, they were like, do you want to stay? We would love to hire you. I was like, yeah, I would stay if I can get to be on the Calvin Klein team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and they were like, oh, yeah, let's talk to them, see if they, like, are interested. And this is also after, like, I've been working my behind off, staying mm-hmm. super late because it's the fashion industry. And only had, like, small interactions with the Calvin Klein team, but it had been, like, pivotal. Like, mm-hmm. they saw me as we were in the conference room working. I was the only one in the conference room working. And maybe one of the designers is like, why are you here so late? Aren't you an intern? And I'm like, yeah, but it's got to get done. Right, so. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So at least having those interactions and them also being able to see how focused I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought me onto their team. I worked with some amazing people um, who are still with my friends and colleagues in the industry. And it went, it just skyrocketed from there. I stayed at Gemlar. I think I was there a little over a year and a half, maybe almost two years. Um, and I worked on a bunch of different brands. So the company had gone through so many different changes. So I worked on Kohl's, Calvin. I was doing shoes for Saks Fifth Avenue. Like I said, Payless. Oh, R.I.P. Payless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like the full gamut. Like yeah. we were making shoes that were over $100 and shoes that were under $20. Yeah. So, so for you, did you see also like just the, the different, like in terms of the different price points, like what went into that and like learning how to adjust for that? Like, yeah, for you as a designer to see the whole gamut in one job, right? To yes, see like high end sure. and low end. You get to see what is, <laughs> what is compromised versus what is allowed not allowed things that that take priority mm-hmm. like pricing and development and materials that was the first time i started working with pu which is polyurethane and mm. like okay why are we using plastic if we're making shoes right <laughs> right <laughs> For real. so i was working in leather when it came to the calvin klein team but 
when I was working like with Payless or we were making shoes for Walmart or like small collections because um, it was so many different teams that needed help. It really made me realize like the dimension of footwear and how you got shoes that were $5 versus $2,000. Mm-hmm. And what that meant not only to fabrication, but for, to process as well. So I, and with working uh, with Calvin and at Gemlar, I was able to travel to China. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would travel to China like ever so uh, every few months um, with the design team and we will work on all the collections, honestly. So I would be there for like two weeks at a time. Oh, wow. And again, not by myself, but with other designers that were working, probably leading the different collections I was working on and seeing what it meant to make things in a factory that was a better factory and mm-hmm. one that probably was making shoes that were over $100 versus going to Guangzhou or different parts of Don Juan and working in a factory where they didn't wear shirts, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or they didn't have uniforms, or their practices were a little, like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta think about them a little bit, like, even some of the factories I saw, they weren't horrible, but they definitely, some of them were not the best. Yeah. So being able to see, it working in a multitude of materials, as well as working for a multitude of different brands, mm-hmm. gave me this view of footwear that I was like, okay, so where do I want to be, though? Like, where do I want to position myself within my career? Um, And I really started asking myself that when I was starting to move um, from Calvin, because a lot of things were changing. So um, from then, I was like, okay, well, one of my dilemmas was that Calvin Klein was my goal, right? Mm. That was, like, the only goal. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> when I was yeah, so when I was little, I would be like, "Yeah, who do you want to work?" Oh, Calvin Klein. You know, some as, especially as an American, yeah. you're like, "Oh, Ralph Lauren." Yeah, <laughs> oh, specifically Calvin Klein. You were just like, "This is it." If I could exactly. get there at some point, yeah. This is what we know is fashion. Yeah, right? it's interesting like, American... the different landmarks we give ourselves, like these. The yeah. indifferent aspects of life. Period. Like, if mm-hmm. I can do this specific thing, then I'll have made it. Right. Right. And it's like in this genre. Yeah, exactly. It's not Ralph Lauren. It wasn't like Gucci. You're like, no, no, Calvin Klein. <laughs> Calvin Klein. <laughs> now what? <laughs> well, and that's because I guess at the time, definitely, they were the closest we could get yeah. to that. Right. Uh, Calvin Klein was being compared to the Gucci's of the time, you know, yeah. in the private art space. And I mean, private fashion spaces or business fashion spaces as well as public you know the masses right so it was what we knew um and also aesthetically it was what I also drove to like the minimalism was impeccable to me and that was and that was something that I had already always driven to um in my aesthetic so when I got the job and I started to, you know, realize that I needed to evolve my career. I was like, so where the hell else I'm supposed to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this was the thing, right? This, yeah. is, this is what I said I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Calvin Klein. Yeah. I did it. And now my first job. So where do I take it from here? Right. But what I did realize, there were other things that I said I wanted to do um, growing up with the intentionality around work and that was working in Italy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn from what the world had taught us was 
the epitome of artisanal luxury, right? Mm. And I knew I was not going to be able to do that working at Gemline. I knew they did not have the capacity. So I started realizing the only place after evaluating everything, I was like, the only place I'm going to be able to do that is if I go into the designer level, mm-hmm. um, which is when I just started doing research and um, applied to, like, basically cold calling mm-hmm. <laughs> brands that I liked. Nice. <laughs> like, I would, and I tell students this all the time, like, I was so desperate that, yes, you can do the job boards and everything, but I was looking at the email tags of, brands that I liked, like yeah. at whatever, at Gucci, at or, yeah. or dot com or dot org. Reverse engineering the email. <laughs> <laughs> Until the email didn't bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we've all done that. I love <laughs> yeah. it. I love that. But that's, you're right. It's like, if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. And in this For world, sure. you can figure it out, right? Like it'll For take sure. a while. It's a long way. But it might work. It might work. You Did know, I- sometimes you, and just from doing that, you can find people you may not have found, or at least a person that can link you to somebody that yes. can help you out. So um, I applied to a job at Philip Lim, mm-hmm. um, realized amazing, amazing company, amazing person. And I got it. Actually, it's not that easy. <laughs> but I applied for the job, got rejected from the job. Wow. Um, a headhunter called me back later on a few months and was like, hey, would you like to apply for this position? I was like, I already did a few months ago. And, rejected. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, it looks like they're still looking. Something must have happened. Maybe you should reach back out. Yeah. So I did. And uh, they brought me back in and, yeah, brought me on. And I was there for maybe almost two years as well. That's got How did that feel when you're just like, I don't know, did you Damn. feel? Yeah. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of awesome. Because, I don't know, I would have felt like. It was crazy. Yeah, you guys rejected you. just right. like, well, fuck you then. And then right, to have yeah, come I would have been over there <laughs> after already. It was very much that energy. Yes. <laughs> it was very much. I remember the day, actually, it was December 20th that I received the notification and I bawled. Like, when they rejected me, I was like, oh my God, maybe I don't need to work in designer. What does this mean? I don't have any other options. I can't say it. Like, a whole dramatics. Yes. All the, everything. All the dramatics. As always, right? Right. And I remember my mom just being like, you know, it'll work out, whatever. My friends, all my friends were like, it's, it'll work out, whatever. It's their loss, whatever. Um, and just keep on doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So then for the next few months, I think it back in March, that was in December. And then in like February, March is when they brought me back in. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking in there like, did she not remember that she <laughs> Right, right. The like, guy again. <laughs> How was Christmas? Nice to see you. Exactly. <laughs> but also when realizing now hindsight that that probably is not the best time to hire somebody is right. in December. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know? Um, but as a like a baby in the in the industry, I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to not take things personally when it's personal. I take things very personally, so I get it. I would have been over their fucking asses and been like, Oh, you want me now? But also it shows your, like, not humility, but it shows that you wanted to 
you were above it was above it your ego it wasn't about yeah. your ego it wasn't about yeah. you it was about the craftsmanship and the job right and so right. when they came back yeah. you're like i'll do the job i told you, you could do it the first time right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> clearly you need to get yourself together right. for, <laughs> for real <laughs> and that's fine we just gotta be honest about that that was you right <laughs> It was you, not me. <laughs> it was you, not me. But um, yeah, worked with amazing people there. Philip Lim taught me a lot about the design process and how integral. He basically reactivated the like the key points of what it meant to be a designer that thought not just about solving problems, not just about the. Because what happened at Calvin was that I was only making products, so it was just like make it, make it quick make it sell, right? Mm-hmm. And, and at Philip, he reminded me like, yes, all of that is important, but as a designer, your job is to also be intentional around what you're making mm-hmm. and the, the inspiration and what you're communicating, right? So working with those, and a lot of designers were from European, like huge brands, like Matt, Matt, well, she would be a senior designer, right? Senior designer I was working with. I think she had worked for Balenciaga prior to coming to work at Philips. So, and that was a lot of the people that were working with him. He would pick the best of the best, right? And that was because he required that. Yes. It was intense. Yeah, he's, he was very intense at the time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure he may hear this and I'm like, no, you were. You were very intense. The whole place is intense. But we birthed. Sounds like you learned a lot. Yeah, we birthed beautiful work, though. The work that we did was amazing. And also being able to work under like the condition of learning how to do research in an extensive manner, right? Not just coming to um, have an idea and say, okay, this is what I want to make, and da da da. This is what it is. More so, really examining what it is that you're making making options like he's the person that really pushed in at least my processing and my product development process of how to make samples and making more than one thing even if it's like a small mock-up of it so that you can really communicate with like through your brain like go from two-dimensional to three-dimensional first Mm -hmm. before you then start trying to communicate with somebody overseas right about what are you trying to do? Right, right. Makes sense. Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. Well, the baby also, steps that are expensive, that's hard for just like, right. if you're just you to do, to right. come, come up with three different fucking samples, but when it's Philip Lim, <laughs> then it works. Uh, but also being being thoughtful about what that is. Like, mm. it, it made me realize that, because he had an atelier as well in the mm. studio. So we, it wasn't, some things, if they were small enough, I was doing this by myself, but... I could also, I had the availability of the atelier to go and find a sewer and say, hey, I have a meeting on Tuesday. I need to make four mock-ups of this in leather just so it can communicate clearly to Philip what I'm trying to say. Right. So realizing that that communication was present in his studio and as well as intuitively taking that on as being a process that could happen with my factories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout my career so working with him was really great it was intense very intense <laughs> but it was great um and again made beautiful things with amazing designers like amazing designers this episode is brought to you by sax.com 
At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But then what I realized for the time that I was there, I was like, okay, now I think I'm ready to take some responsibility on my own because I was an associate designer there. And I was like, okay, I definitely first need to get in Italy. At this point, I really got to get to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> we, were still, we were still making shoes in, in Asia, but we were primarily in Asia, but we were had just started doing some work with Italy. And I was like, but I want to go now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I got another opportunity uh, from with Tibby um, to become their footwear designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so worked with them. I left Philip Lim to go there, um, and it it was a different. It was really a big jump to make because um, at Tibby they didn't have a footwear team, so I was leaving to come to develop a footwear collection by myself. Wow, that's a huge undertaking, but exciting. Yeah, yeah. yes. What an opportunity. You're not scared. No, you just grabbed it. You're like, I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm on my way to Italy. Can can I get it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, that was the thing. I was like, are y'all making shoes in Italy? And they were like, yeah, we're about to. They presently were making, at the time that I signed on, they were making shoes in Brazil. So, and they had just started making shoes in Italy. Yeah. So I was not only going to countries that I had never been to, work with people I had never been working with, Yeah. but also doing it as the only designer on my team. Wow. That's badass. It really is so <laughs> badass. And I also, I'm, I'm loving this journey because it's it's fresh enough that maybe that's why you're remembering these things, but I love that you make, you're marking these things that you want to do and following the, like following what's going to take you there, right? Like you said, like, 10 minutes ago, like, all right, so I knew I wanted to get to Italy, but, like, I couldn't get there yet. And so, but you know what I mean? Just looking for these different things that are going to take you where you want to go while still developing what you want to develop. And yeah. it's so great. It's like, I don't know, I guess people don't really follow their heart that often. They kind of just end up wherever they end up. And so I, I love to hear when people know where they want to go and do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, think it, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I may not know or I have an idea, right? I have an idea because I'm a planner, even though I try. I'm trying to be less of that nowadays because I control things. <laughs> but being more so, more so agreeing with the decisions I'm making. 
right? Mm-hmm. That's just letting them happen to me. Yes. Like checking in to say, okay, this opportunity arose. Is this something that aligns with who you are? <laughs> yeah. Who you at least want, who, who you want to be, things you want to learn, like uh, maybe philosophies you want to be a student of, do they align with me? And then, okay, if they do, or if it sounds like something that I can agree to, then I'm going to move forward. Because, and, and for me, it works that way, because I cannot, I physically respond when I do not agree. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my body, my skin will break out. Like, I'm literally, like, get sick. You can't yeah. hide. If I'm doing something I don't want to do, my body is just like, wow. It rejects it. It rejects it, yeah. Fully <laughs> rejects it. Yeah. Um, so that's how I see it moving. It's yeah. Like, okay, I'm ready to move. I know this is the time for me to move. And this is the opportunity that's arising. Does it fit where, or can I see a journey through this with my, with the vision I see forward? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and then I figure it out from there. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So great. So, yeah. okay. So Tibby, is it an Italian company or it's an American company? No, it's an, it's an American company. Okay. Um, based in New York. Um, so I moved, I went there, I think it was 2015. Yeah. And so left Philip. Went to Tibby, literally the only person designing the whole entire footwear department. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I had one production person, but she was also working on ready to wear. So it was very wow. much the beginning. Um, and they had had shoes before, but they needed a revamp. It, it, they had lost a lot of business at the time. So it was nice to be like a new perspective for them. And I, I was happy that they allowed me that, that opportunity as well to be a new perspective mm-hmm. as I was learning in Italy and in Brazil, what could and could not happen. So from there, again, very intense, um, but not intense in a different way, intense in a different way. And what was nice about working at Tibi was that it was fully fully my vision like working with the creative director working with the art director um and then uh on inspiration and then every design that was being cultivated i was sketching i was doing technical development i was sourcing the materials <laughs> i was traveling to linea pelle to meet the suppliers i was traveling to italy to wait so how old were you i was like 25 26. wow 25 that's some real adult shit and no, i was but, not doing that at 25. no but two is like that. girl everything that you've learned in your career up until now it's like leading to this yeah. job right it's like yeah. from calvin yeah. and then from philip Lim, and now it's just you doing every job yes. wow exactly and not to like take away your what you're about to say but then <laughs> a certain somebody wore your shoe that yes. Was fucking incredible. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah. Solange, you're talking about Solange. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Solange. Yes. God. And yes. don't touch my hair video, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Insane. she's worn my shoes in a few of her videos. Wow. And she used to be a collector of Tibby shoes, which seemed like like. Wow. <laughs> She would literally, at least from what they would tell us in the sales team, like ever so often they would just, she would ask to send, for them to send her shoes from the store. Wow. From um, like your shoes. She actually buy them, not necessarily just like wear them. Did she know that you were the designer? 
she does not know me. No. Well, not that she does right not know. I meant more I so mean. that she know that it was like a black designer, or she no, just loved no. the. No, I don't oh, know. That's so I great. So That's so cool. Because um, it wasn't. It wasn't until like later on that I even met her stylist at the time, and she didn't even know. Yeah. So I was I was operating in the industry, you know, chilling. Yeah. Like very low key. Like the yeah. girls, the girls that knew knew. Totally. <laughs> so great it was very much that energy and that was just because I had always been trying to learn so much Mm -hmm. from like the people that I was working with that I didn't want to make too much noise because I was like y'all I'm not out here I just need the information right now because what I'm about to do you have no idea but yes yes yeah I love it yeah, yeah, waiting for your moment. Just like, what's that saying? The quietest person in the room is the one that you should be watching, right? Yeah. So just taking all the information yep. in. Just all of it. Yeah. Learning, learning, being in the business meetings, like seeing like when people were sued, what they were sued for, what, like how they even, like how copyright works, like how patenting works, like all of this stuff that is not design related, but is 100% design related. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was an amazing experience as well. Yeah, and just growing that at Tibby um, now because it was only me. Yeah, it was kind of uh, great. Um, and also working with amazing product developers. Like I have, a, I had an amazing product developer, uh, Cecilia in Italy. Um, she still is a dear friend of mine, and the ways in which uh, she kind of took me under her wing. Cause she knew I knew she knew she could tell that I knew things, mm-hmm. um, but also working with Italians is very different. And working with any country, like as soon as you start developing a product in a country, you have to evaluate customs, like how they are doing processing, um, how they develop. Because for me, at least, it's only it only makes sense to do it that way because I want the best outcome from the humans that I'm requiring this from. Right, and I can only do that if I'm accommodating or at least thoughtful to their needs. So working with her was amazing. Yeah, and grew the business a lot, a lot. Yeah, uh, especially with like the salon stuff that was coming out. Yeah, she had she had always been wearing the shoes. I think the first one was. Which was the first video? I can't remember. It was about hair. Don't touch my hair. I think mate, or it was at least from that album. Yeah. Um, and she wore the shoes. She wore a pair of my shoes as well as some of the background in the video wore shoes um, from Tibby. And it was great because every it seemed like all the collections we were doing were getting all this notoriety in PR and press and. At the time that I had started there, they had lost a lot of business in footwear. And then when I came on, started to rearrange and re- redevelop the brand, the, the shoe collection. And they we then were being carried in Lane Crawford. And uh, what else did we have? Bergdorf Goodman was the first time they ever had shoes. Oh, wow. Um, I was developing. Um, at least from our brand, it was the first time they had shoes. Right. Um, they sold amazing. Yeah, like, yeah, just so many different global brands. I think Netta Porte, they have really finally started to really believe in the shoe collection. So yeah. even brands that had been um, maybe dabbling with the brand at the time, they finally solidified, like, fully believing in the vision um, that I had been crafted for um, Tibby. 
um, which was great. Yeah. I mean, it essentially kind of seems like they were paying you to start your own company. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> make your own line. Like, and I imagine that this is around the time that you started thinking like, wait, I can just do, like I'm doing it. Yeah, I can exactly. just do this. <laughs> exactly. The time, the time that that happened, it, 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 it took, a, it took some time. Cause you know, I'm hard headed. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took some time and I was like, okay, well, I started to to really evaluate, you know, when you're in the head of the department, you have to not only look at what you're doing, but what's working, what's not working. So I started having meetings with the sales team and like the customer service team and PR and all these other people just to like see what we were doing and how I could improve for the company as well. And then it just as I'm listening into these meetings, I'm like, wait, how much did we start off the quarter at? Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Right. I'm like, how much did you make in a year just off of this department? Right. Like, how much am I making for you? All my work and how much you make? exactly just me. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Like, no assistant. Yes. No (laughs) Legit, just you. Yeah, so it got real, real towards the end. <laughs> um, but again, realizing that I needed to see that as well, like that was something that I needed to have in my view, so that I knew that it was possible, so that I knew I could jump. You know, it does suck that we need that validation. I think too is you don't know I mean especially in this country I think you only know what you know and especially with money like if you don't come from a lot of money once you start to see it it's shocking like when you see like wealth you're like yeah "Yeah, damn and and the way that businesses operate yes Yes. wait hold on wait what we're in this you guys are making these moves what things are allocated to Mm -hmm. just yeah, being thoughtful about not just the design process, but also the business strategy right. um, and structure. So, um, again, again, that's why I've always appreciated working for great designers as well, because they, everybody does it differently, right? Mm-hmm. And they do uh, what works for them and the, the customer base that they have or the business structure that they have. So, they definitely taught me that. But, yeah, I got tired. A bitch got really tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like being on a team of one. Yeah, it was exhausting. So, so I stayed for four years, though. So when did your pivot come for you to start thinking about your own line? So I had had MWR collection the entire time. You did? Oh. So you had... Sneaky, So you're doing both? And that girls are your And they knew. They knew. They, every company I worked for, I was like, hey, because I, I would show them samples. Yeah. It was one of the reasons they wanted me was because I knew handbags and shoes. Wow. So, um, yeah, at, at TV, I would help them with technical sketches. And, like, if they had problems with development, I would help and assist with the, all that stuff. Same thing right. um, at Philip, We would work with the handbag um, division on hardware development all this other stuff so it wasn't something I hid at all no but that's so cool that like you would go to work and work with these incredible designers and then go home and then work on your own stuff yeah like like learning as you're building that's why you're exhausted (laughs) you're fucking exhausted exactly (laughs) working 12 jobs jeez but also but 
I want to tell the listeners like your your collection is it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. It's on par with like it's Louis Vuitton really... and these incredible ateliers. Yeah. It's so beautiful, and I can't wait to own <laughs> to own <laughs> something from it. And yes. I can't wait to pay full price to own something for for it. Yes. It's it's truly beautiful work it really is and then now that i know that you didn't just stop everything else and start doing this that you did it at the same time it's even, even more, more impressive. impressive yeah i feel like that's one of the reasons why it feels so uh has so, so much of a foundation mm-hmm. is that because i've been building it the entire time and i've been able to integrate the lessons i've learned in the industry good and bad into the practice of crafting the work right. that i um, for MWR, yeah. so it yeah it, it is literally it's my baby for sure. Well, <laughs> it also makes sense because the other thing is that you're also um, you have a fellow a residency at the Museum of Art and Design. Art and Design, yes. Mm-hmm. And then within the fellowship, you've got a great studio and what else comes with the fellowship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the funny thing. Everybody is always interested because they're like, wait, you used to work in fashion. Now you're in art. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but it's also, that's why. It's because you didn't just yeah. stop and pivot. Yeah. You've been doing this forever. You've been doing exactly. three yeah. jobs. And so it's like, hey, that girl's really talented. Let's just let her have one job for a little bit. So exactly. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for supporting me. Right. So. <laughs> but also like the myth of like the overnight success. I guess that's why I want to say right. this. Is because there's this myth of like overnight success. Right. Like, you know, it, last month you decided, oh, well, I'm just going to make this collection. And, and then you just out. got like a museum of modern, you know. Like, no, girls been working yeah, on this even shit. For 10 years. <laughs> yes. No, guys. Definitely yeah. have a sewing machine in my house. Been making bags and not selling them like in a wholesale space or a retail space, but been making them for private clients for years. Wow. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, like I have like different clients. Like, okay, Solange has shoes. Um, Jimmy Butler has a collection of my bags. Uh, Carmel oh. Anthony as well. Oh, damn. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Oh his his stylist Kalila, she she be in there. My he's best friend, very um, handsome. I hope my boyfriend her. doesn't listen to this episode, but Jimmy Butler, very <laughs> handsome man. Yes, and like that's why she's impressed. She's like, well, oh, that's very stylish too. That's what it is. Like yeah. of all the NBA players, there's only like a handful, and like you've got yeah. on your on your style. List. And that's what I feel like when people hear Jimmy again. I can't take this credit. It's definitely my best friend Charles. He is he connected me to Kaliba, who then connected me to Jimmy. Right, and is the reason that all these people have the things that I've created. Um, but again, my community is yeah. always. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like there are people that own parts of my collection. Um, we've been in different magazines. Yeah, now I have the artist fellowship presently, which is it's MWR related, but it's more so for me as a design as an artist. So um, the way that I always explain it to people is that MWR collection is the luxury house. Um, I am Mia Wright Ross, who is the founder and creative director. And I, as a human being, exist outside of the actual fashion <laughs> as well, because, you know, I'm a human. But yeah. here at, at the Artist Fellowship, I've been able to examine the work I've been doing for MWR and for myself over the past 10 years. So looking at my archive of shoes, looking at the archive of handbags and sketches and material and all of that and now exploring my artistic practice and what I'm now realizing I think is expressionist 
yeah, it's like an expressionist artwork form. So yeah, I'm building sculptures. I am out of leather. Everything is still out of leather though. Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, leather sculptures, like leather tapestries, and you can see these are some two-dimensional sketches out of leather. Oh, so cool. yeah. oh yeah. Your mom must be so happy. Yes, your mom must be very, very proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents are very, very ecstatic. And you're like, excited to play the flute, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have friends that play the flute, so it's okay. I'm still involved in the musician space of New York, really, in a weird way. A lot of my clients are musicians. Mm-hmm. So, so it's still like all those inspirations still play. And, and you still teach at Parsons, right? I do. This girl's yeah. busy. You busy, just look busy. like a baby. I couldn't imagine like walking in. I'm like, you're going to teach me? <laughs> And that is what happens. That's exactly sure. what happens. Students will try you. You yeah. come in and they're like, hey, we've Googled you. We've been on your Instagram. <laughs> we know who you are, girl. Yeah. We have to submit a bio and all of that stuff when we start. But students do try you and then they realize that I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> did you take over Howard's course? Yes, I did, actually. You I did. did. <laughs> Me chill. I love yeah, it. so he retired you two years ago. Yeah. When he retired, he asked them to bring me on. I'm going to cry. That's I so love sweet. Ha- Shout out to Howard. Shout out to Howard. Shout out to Howard, always. That's so cool, man. <laughs> oh, that really just I brought a tear that. to my eyes. Just like, you guys, like. Well, people yeah. really you and seeing and, like and cultivating. Yeah, exactly. And cultivating that, like, um, creativity. and Yeah, he really believed in you. Yeah, I'm bringing you along. Bring you back to Barcelona, <laughs> and we still work together. We're developing new patents and new developments in wow. shoeware. Yeah, eighty-eight. Still like, he's still going. Yeah, I don't want to go down to no Florida Howard. Thank relax. you, Howard. From Howard does not play. Now. He will now. He won't talk about anything but shoes. Yes, and yeah, and cute boys, basically. <laughs> 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 we talk about we go when I go over. We have our like monthly meetings or our regular like every few weeks we'll have meetings or he'll call me all the time um and we're either talking about the business or some baddie on tv that he thought was cute like we went to go we went to go see black panther like three times just so he can look at michael b jordan michael b jordan Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to just look at Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> I love that at almost 90 years old, he's just like, yes, let's yeah, go see cute yes. guy I like. Exactly. <laughs> so like, good. This one's cute. Like, this one's, this one's going to be a star. Oh, this like, is so okay. great. Um, I'm so good. now is a segment where you just it's just like any type of advice it can be silly it yeah, can be, be playful serious. it can be i used to think this was the shit and then i grew a little bit older it can yeah, be this one used to wear satin ties i used to wear satin ties used to wear like you know glitter belts on my head yes um, we all had a time we all had a time do you know what i mean i, I think it's triggering a story oh well, yes oh yeah you're, let's do you it. look like you're thinking you're like so especially that triggered the story of that i need to let people know where i am especially yeah. when i'm in foreign countries <laughs> So this was one of my Chinatowns of 
And I remember Diana, my, she's a dear friend. She used to work with me at uh, Calvin. And she was like, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, we used to be in China, you know, after a long, long, uh, like, trip, you want to, you know, this is when the China counterfeit goods were, like, primo, right? <laughs> <laughs> they were top-notch. Like, yeah. they were basically being made in the same exact factories. You can find minimal flaws. Right, the so, seams matched up and everything. <laughs> yes, everything. Like, logo, embossing, <laughs> you can't tell. <laughs> so, even the, the best of the best can't tell. So um, we had went, I had went with Diana. <laughs> oh, she probably is going to hate me for telling this. <laughs> but um, we went like shopping one day. And she was like, uh, well, let's go to the Walmart. And I was like, oh, China got Walmart? And she was like, yeah, but it's not like the Walmart. <laughs> so it's basically this big mall that has a bunch of different, it's a big mall that has a bunch of different shops in it. But when you go into one of the shops, you got to say a say something certain, like, uh-huh. or a secret code, so they take you to the good stuff. Yes. Right? Love <laughs> so, that. mind you, went with Diana, had no problem. She knew the lingo, all this other stuff. But my young ass, mind you, I think I'm maybe 19, 20 at the time. I'm like, oh, I'm going I'm to go back to the Walmart because I have more money than I thought I did. You know, you're trying to get rid of your, your dollar bills. And or your yen at the time, I think it's yen. And I was like, Yeah, I got all this cash and I need to get my sister something, my mom something, like my family, I need souvenirs. And why not counterfeit luxury goods? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God, even saying this now is crazy. So I now I know better. I love it. Like I went, I went back. So I remember the whole process of getting there. Mm hmm. But I'm, this time I'm going by myself, which was not the smartest move to do when, because, and I say that to say, when I went, we went one way when I went with Diana, and then when I went by myself, we went a different way, uh-huh. right? <laughs> so I was very much alarmed. Yeah. Oh my God. And the way that it worked out was that it wasn't like, I feel like it's not like um, it works here in New York. They take you to a different location. It's not oh. just... Like, oh, this is the shop behind this wall is another right. shop. So what it was was, okay, walk with me into this other mall yes. that also has a, um apartment building on top of it. And we're going to also go into the apartment building area. Oh, my God. So you're going what to some fuck? strange man in China's apartment building for luxury goods for your siblings? Yes. <laughs> and you did it. Oh my god! Oh my! Well, I was about the same age when I got my feet tickled. So, like, I think our brains. I think it's the nineteen. It's the nineteen. Yes, you think you think you're invincible. You think nobody, nothing bad's ever gonna happen. I'm an adult, you know. Yes. Do not speak the language. Wow. But they understood when I said I wanted a Celine bag. They knew what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, went and got went into the space. A huge, it was a huge floor of just all this shit. Um, and name your price. <laughs> so it worked out. It worked out. All right. and then, that sounded so scary for a minute. I was nothing like, weird happened, and, and that was also a place I learned how to really haggle, like yes. really, really bargain. Yeah, it was only like after you like back at the hotel safe. 
that you were like, oh my God, what the fuck did I just do? <laughs> it wasn't until I got back and I talked to Diana. She was like, where did you go? I was like, oh, I went back to Walmart. She was like, by yourself? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then I showed her all the stuff I got. She was like, oh my God. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. Yeah, so don't do that, kids. Yes. Don't. Yes. Don't do it. Don't do that. Don't wander the black market by yourself. Yes. Don't go Oh my God. I'm glad that it worked out. I found a black market tale that I'm not ready to tell the pod, but I understand. Oh. I understand the, uh, the recent, yeah. recent one. She needs a little time. Yeah, see, time. the only reason this was over 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, so I'm like, when it comes to, there were no laws at the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say that you got to the airport and they were like, where did you get these or something? Because you're absolutely right. Now it's like the they really cracked down on counterfeit goods and everything. So, girl, I thought you were going to say I got arrested in China for buying counterfeit purses. She almost got killed, <laughs> though. And also, working in the industry, you know, like, you have to manipulate things before you can carry them. So that also came from shoe training is that because we would actually buy real, like, go on shopping trips um, this was at the time where you had to damage the goods, right? Before you travel back with them, if there was a certain amount over. Um, so if we would go on trips to Asia and buy shoes and stuff, and then we were going to use it as inspiration or sampling, we would have to like cut it. Yeah. Why would you have to damage it? So you wouldn't have to. So then it didn't have value. Um, oh. and they wouldn't think, they wouldn't think that you were going to resell it. Cause the problem is the reselling. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who did design for Kohl's. For many years and she would go to china a lot for work and i feel like i remember her telling me that yeah oh. you have to like nick it and you don't have to nick it much you usually try to like make a take a straight blade and like nick it on the inside of the shoe where you won't see right but it has to be damaged for you to be able to come back with that much merchandise for inspiration right or whatever so right so interesting <laughs> god they were trying to make sure people weren't reselling because right. stuff that's damaged. Thank you for sharing your journey with us. Like yes. you are such, you're just so accomplished and you're so yeah, talented so and impressed at yeah. such a young age. You did everything you wanted to. Yeah, now you're our age and you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, should I better step at the exactly. I'm like, oh my god, she's so far ahead no, of us. It's, it's a freaking journey, yo. It's that's yeah. the part. That's yeah. the hard. And again, like I'm not. What I realized young was that as well was that I was going to be doing this for a long time. And I yes. wanted to be working in my industry for a long time. Yes. Like Howard, right? Mm-hmm. So, and having having mentors like him, like my other mentor, uh, Bill Gaskins, that, who have been working in art and design for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, wait, this doesn't have to be one job that I like and then I quit. You know, yeah. I can build a philosophy around the way in which I work yeah. that goes beyond like just from job to job. Can you tell the people where they can support you, where they can find out more about you and all of that stuff? Yeah. Follow um, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. And I think I even have a Pinterest because, you know, visual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all of my tags are at MWR Collection. And then the website is MWRCollection.com. If you would like to know more about my artistic practice, that is my personal website, which is MiaWrightRoss.com. And um, at the Museum of Art and Design, I'm here until the end of January. Um, and I think I have one more open studio that's scheduled in January. So you can go to uh, madmuseum.org, I believe it is. 
um, and sign up for there. You can see virtually. You'll be able to see inside my studio, and I'll oh, basically cool. talk. About that. Ooh, we're gonna sign up. If people are interested in purchasing the artwork or um, learning more about it, I do private tours as well. So email me as yes. well through the website. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that chat we had with Mia. Is she not super fucking cool? I want to hang out with her. Yes, for sure. She's so fucking dope. And I mean, honestly, like the way that I met her was from one of those incredible, just like New York City experiences, like getting my nails done. And of course, the girl who's like this incredible editorial nail designer, her best friend is Mia. (laughs) Of course, these two bad bitches are best friends. Right. Um, I really loved chatting with her. She's done so much in her career. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And she really, I mean, she had to work hard to do all of it, but it all worked out the way that it was supposed to, which is nuts. And it all worked out so fucking fabulously. Yeah, that doesn't so happen in life a lot. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I really want to go to the museum. I've never, have you been there? I haven't been there, but we've got plenty of time in January and not too much else to do. So we're going to go check her out. I'll be there. You guys should go check her out too if you live in New York Mm -hmm. or surrounding areas. But don't get on a plane to come here, please. No, stay where you are. Yeah, stay away, especially if you're in a high COVID area. Um, But I really, really like her. And I hope that, I'd love to meet her one day when the pandemic's over. (laughs) I'd like to meet a lot of these guests. I know. Honestly, cannot wait to spend one of our first big checks, whenever that will be, hopefully sometime soon, (laughs) supporting Mia and buying one of these incredible pieces of hers. Like, I am so, I've never been more excited to give somebody my money, like, especially instead of fucking Gucci or Louis Vuitton or all these other people that I can't afford. And I can't afford Mia either, but I will figure (laughs) out a way to afford it and to give that girl some of my money because... Her creations are just so beyond gorgeous, and she's so beyond gorgeous. Oh, my God. Also, shout out to her mom for being such a supportive human in her life, always. I need her mom in my life. Howard. (laughs) Howie. Howie, we love you. So cute. What a great mentor. Seriously. She had great support. I think she could have done this no matter what, but I think having support systems like that is really, really important, especially when you're really young. Totally. Yes. And especially going into this crazy, a crazy career like fashion design, yeah, right? It's nuts. it's nuts. It's not easy at all. And homegirls worked her ass off around the clock for yeah. the past like 15 years to go to where Lots she of is. for that gal. Totally. So guys, if you like our show, I think you do. Because here you are listening to the outro. You made it to the end. (laughs) We would love it if you would rate and review us and subscribe and tell your friend and tell that friend to tell her friend. Yes. Also, you can find us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. You can also go to our regular page for our beauty studio, True Beauty Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get the um, True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast Instagram pop. And I say this every week. We're still working on it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. In the meantime, we're posting lots of videos on the True Beauty brooklyn instagram and that's it it's the end of the year dudes we fucking made it 2020 closing out the worst year ever narrowly narrowly but hopefully you guys are feeling like inspired after listening to some of these great gals that we've had on and you're ready to take 2021 by the balls and say fuck off i'm gonna kick your ass and you know grab my balls yeah so i don't know that's it what you got to say oh also if you guys don't watch big mouth 
you should start watching. Yeah. I just want everyone to remember that they should watch it because it's so fucking funny and it just makes it's one of those stupid fucking shows that just gets your mind off of everything because it's so weird and just strange but also hilarious so if you're feeling down you should watch it totally and besides that that's it actually we love you guys that's it see you next week see ya bye bye Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.